Uh, <laughs> I'm glad she's at your table. <laughs> Sometimes honesty is not the best policy. How are you guys tonight? Yeah, all right. it's been, it has been a while since I've been able to come and share. I was so pleased to be able to um, have the opportunity to come. I appreciate the word of God, don't you? It's a good time. I um, I was interested in the uh, title of this um, part of scripture. I had to read it several times. Discovering what God the Father knows about me. And I immediately panicked. How about you guys? Any Anyone? Oh, my. Psalms 139. It's on your outline there. I just ended up stopping at verse 4, but the scripture references are all the way to verse 6. But let's read it out loud together because it's on your outline and we can all have the same version. So let's read the word. Thank you, God, for your word. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and know me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thought afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. Thank you for your word, O God. I was thinking about this scripture and just the whole concept of God knowing us. And I got to thinking about how we see love. And it's interesting that Brie, um, the Lord impressed upon her to talk and pray and sing about God's love before. And we shared a new song and yet an old song, reminding of his unending love. So just as we start out, I'm going to have you guys give me some of your insight. When you think about love, what does it mean when someone cares for you or loves you? What are some of the ways that you know someone cares or loves you? Just holler it out. They show it by what? By their actions? Let's get a little more specific. Like what? Spend time with you. What's some other ways? They encourage encouraging words. You know they love you. They pray for you. Yeah. They put... That was the first thing that came in my mind. It's right here on my notes. <laughs> and Amelie, you said, they put you ahead of themselves. What's some other things? They talk to you. What about? They listen to you. <laughs> and they can repeat what you said to them, right? What are some other ways? They got for your best interest. They got your back. They serve you. Yeah. How about, um, so that's really an expression of love, isn't it? Now, in a marriage situation, we, I use it as situation this time because I know we have single women here too. But when you think of a marriage, and let's even think about a bride and groom, and then, of course, the honeymoon, and then getting back into their home and all the things. What are some of the things that pronounce love? in a marriage situation that's different than just a friend. The first word that comes to me is there's an, a reality check, a realistic view of one another, right? 
It's almost like when you go on a women's retreat and you share a room with someone. <laughs> you know, the reality check. <laughs> when they come out of that bathroom with the makeup off, you know, we're thinking, okay. <laughs> right? Just saying. But with the marriage, there's a level of intimacy that starts happening and just rubbing shoulders and being around each other and things are left where they wouldn't be left and done, done or not done, right? And journey in life. And then history. You start doing history with one another. And I think we have a lot of history here, too, here in the church. Those people that have been here for a while and then people are just starting to come. We begin to build history with one another, right? I saw you in the cafe eating your second donut, Kim. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> was a rough Sunday. <laughs> Just saying. Right? So I, my point is, is that when you read this scripture, if we can filter, begin to filter, and begin to realize that we need to see this scripture the way God sees us out of love. It's a pure love. Because the minute you don't see God for your life as a pure loving God, this scripture, and as we move through this study, the next few weeks will just be completely terrifying. Because if you view God as a God that loves me only when I'm doing good things, right? Only when I'm being a good girl. And you don't see him as his unconditional love. A love that is unending. A love that continues on and on, even when we don't have it all together. Aren't we grateful for that? Because of what Jesus did on the cross. So today, I want us to be challenged to see this scripture through the lens of pure love, God's love. And then on your outline, I have a few points. There's, I saw this quote, I thought this was just perfect for what we're talking about today. There is the person you think you are. Now, I see this line as the person that never looks in the mirror. They're the person that you think you are, you know? Um... You never are going to be evaluated. It's what you think you are than the reality of who you are. My husband decided that we have a large wall in our living room, and he threatened to do either a mural, or then he mentioned antique mirror mirrors, put uh, antique mirrors. So we have a, a wall that's huge. It's 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 huge, and it's got all types of sizes of different mirrors on it. So when I walk in my living room, whether I like it or not, I see myself. <laughs> and at night, it can be very scary if I'm going to get a glass of water in the dark. There's someone in the room with me. There's a reflection that happens when you look and be evaluated, and you allow the Lord to see us for what he re we really are, huh? And there's a person that others think you are. This is the part of my life where I only show a little bit. Just a little bit. I'll just let you see a little bit of my life. Right? Because if you really see the true me, you may not want to see me anymore. Right? There's a person that you think others think you are. Just, just today, just tonight, as we walked in, my sweet neighbor and friend, Kathy Crowder, came in and she checked in. She works long jobs like many of us do here, and she hadn't been here for a while. And Brie was going to get her name tag. I says, well, this is my neighbor, but she's Becky Crowder's mom. How many are someone else's mom or someone else's child, <laughs> right? Or you're related to what I do, right? What I can accomplish. 
Those are the things that uh, tie us to our identity, and yet God doesn't see us that way. Isn't that great to know? I still have dishes dirty in my sink. Isn't that good to know? <laughs> right? Huh? How beautiful it is not. There is the person you are really. Those are the persons. The person you are is the reality at home, the real you. Meaning at home, who we are. Now, let's be honest. It's going to take time for one another, the brethren, to get to that point. We have to be secure, right? And, and, And our goal in Christ is to be able to be that for one another. And I think as time moves on, and as Joy mentioned, as the world gets darker and darker, we're going to need to be able to knit together and our hearts be able to be real to one another. And this is a great place to start, I have to say that. This is a, one of the best places to start. I love, um, I love the scripture, Psalms 103.13. You can turn this there, and I'm going to tell you a funny story um, that happened to me just oh, less than a month ago. Um, as many of you know, I have our last um, child, Evan, is in the Army, and he has since left uh, after a visit a few weeks ago, and he's going to uh, be deployed in November. But in his high school years here, being raised in the church, we just had a real struggle with Evan. He's had difficulties in his life, and let's just say it wasn't too much fun being the parent of Evan Murphy. But... <coughs> You guys loved me through it, and we continued on, and and uh, so far the army has done what he needed needed to have done to him. Thank the Lord. Anyway, so I knew he was coming, and I had taken my lunch. I work here, and I'd taken my lunch over to Togo's to order a sandwich, and I was getting the lunch and the sandwich, and this sweet girl came in. She was taking my my credit card, and she came back. She says, "Do you?" work at the cornerstone and I says yeah you know I do I thought sweet there's someone that you know knows the church you know I get to talk to her about the Lord I says yeah I do he says well I recognize your last name I dated one of Evan's friends and we went to the beach together and I immediately panicked (laughs) because first my reputation was the church and now it's Evan and she proceeded to say, um, I said, yeah, well, he's, you know, in the Army and trying to soft-smoke it. And she goes, yeah, she says, I don't, you know, I don't see an, uh, this other kid very often. But he says, she says, well, you know, we went to the beach and they buried me in the sand. And your son took this Army shovel and was shoveling me out. And she, he actually cut my leg. I still have the scar. I'm going, oh, my gosh. <laughs> the first thing I said, well, thank you for not suing us. I appreciate that. point is is sometimes we're known by who we associate with right and it comes back to you years later <laughs> Psalms 103 13 as a father pities his children so the Lord pities those who fear him for he knows our frame and I love this part and he remembers that we are dust for as man his days are like grass as a flower of the field so he flourishes I love that scripture because he knows our frame isn't that encouraging it's okay so because of his complete knowledge 
God and only God is qualified to search through our hearts. Truly an invitation for him to search in our heart and to recognize his all-knowing power. We get to receive so many benefits of these things in our lives. From the understanding, the perspective of God's complete knowledge, we are able to have peace, even in situations which would induce anxiety. Our anxieties are quieted when we realize God's knowledge. He, is o- he knows and he cares. God's in control. It's great. Um, Joy had s- shared the scripture, be anxious for nothing, Philippians 4, 6. It's true through prayer. Now, it's hard. Can we just say it's hard not to be a, you know, it's hard not to be a, an anxious person, especially when you look at the news or just the reality of life's here. Get on the freeway. There you go. Right? But the Lord says, or Paul encourages us to, with prayer and supplication, let your request be made known to God. Because he knows. When Evan left, um, we took him to LAX, and he left. I immediately was driving home with my husband, and um, right away, I began to become anxious for him, concerned for him, concerned that he hasn't come fully around to the Lord. And as those things start creeping in my mind, I had a choice right then and there. And I stopped and I took my phone where the little notes are. And I began to type in truth about God and who he is. And the fact that this scripture right here we're studying is the very scripture we had when we adopted Evan as a little baby. And he r- I reminded God of the promises that he has for all of us, but for Evan, right? you got to hit your feelings and your emotions and your anxiety with the word of God, ladies. You've got to. Because otherwise, the enemy will rip you off. You'll lose your joy. And you'll forget who's in charge, right? All right. So we take comfort knowing exactly what the future holds and knowing that God knows. We take comfort. Course, Jeremiah 29 11, you know that scripture. I love that. Let me turn your notes over. Because of God's complete knowledge, He is the perfect judge. He will judge our hearts sooner or later. However, we will submit to His searching. Now, we will be preserved in the later judgment, knowing, allowing Him to show us our sins, now makes it possible for us to repent and find forgiveness. I am so grateful for that truth. This is about examination of our heart, the motives, the intent. David knew that. I love the truth of God's word that way. In 1 John 1, 9 and 10, let's turn there. It's a familiar scripture, but let's turn there and read it together. If you don't have this scripture memorized, you should. 1 John 1, 9 and 10. If we confess our sins, he is what? Faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise God. 
If we say that we have not sinned, we do make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Right? Ooh, I could have, you know, not read that scripture. But it's truth. Because why? Because sin produces death in our lives, and God wants us to live a full and abundant life. He wants us to be quick to confess and quick to have forgiveness and quick to be free. Blessed is those who transgressions is forgiven, where sin is covered. Transgression means rebellion. Transgression means rebellion. Sin is missing the mark. Can we just say, yep, I missed the mark. Shot that arrow and missed it completely. Forgiven means lifted away. Forgiven means lifted away. Covered means erased from record. What's one of the things the enemy accused you of today? What's one of the sins that penetrates your minds right now? I want you to write it on your little paper right there in the bottom. And then I want to remind you, blessed is he whose transgressions is forgiven, where sin is covered. And then I want you to take your eraser right now and erase that lie of the enemy, that sin that he keeps continually reminding you of. Wipe it out. It's not even recorded. When we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Praise God. Isn't that exciting? I love this quote from Charles Spurgeon. And when we're around our tables, I'd like us to read that. Um, maybe whoever would like to lead out and read it together. I'd like you to read that out. But I have a question for you today as we go in our prayer-focused time together. We um, looked in scriptures together, and, and we said that the Lord knows our plans. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, the plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. In Hebrews 11, 8, Abraham had faith to go to a place where he later received his inheritance, obeyed and, and went, even though he did not know where he was going. How many would do that? Seriously. I'd like you to get in your car, Kim, and just drive. I'll let you know where you're going. Uh-uh. He didn't just go. He took his whole entire household, tribe. It's a big group. Can you imagine how many people say, what is Abraham doing? Where are we going? I don't know. Go ask Sarah. No. <laughs> I'm not asking her. She'll tell us. She's the closest one to him. She'll tell us. How many know that that's the reality of the world word, right? I'm not going until I know where I'm going, right? That's not faith, <laughs> right? So what are you hoping for tonight? I would like you to write down something you're hoping for. Because his plan for you is to prosper and not do harm. What are you hoping for? Lord, I thank you for your word today.
I thank you for each one here at this room and and those even that have normally are here that have missed, Lord, and minister to them and bless them. But Lord, I pray, Jesus, that we would be women once again to step out of the boat and move forward in faith. And Lord, bring back the hope. I believe there's ladies here that has had a promise given to them by the Lord. And for whatever reasons, you've just kind of set it aside. Lord, remind us of those promises that you promised us, Lord. You are faithful to keep your promises. Lord, you desire for us to trust you and entrust our lives in your care. You, We bring hope to one another, Lord, because we love one another. We trust you for it. In Jesus' precious name, amen, amen. God bless you.